Hey there, Vampire Diaries fans. Thank you so much for tuning into This Doesn't Suck, your favorite Vampire Diaries recap podcast. My name is Arisa, and I'm helping my friends Sam and Hannah watch one of my favorite TV shows, The Vampire Diaries, for the first time. If you started from our first episode, thank you for your patience while we figure out how to make a podcast. And thank you for your patience as I try to keep up with editing and posting as regularly as I would like. Uh, Work is hard during the COVID pandemic, and editing is time-consuming. But we are trucking forward, and we are committed to finishing this show. So whether you're listening to this podcast while re-watching or if you're listening while watching for the first time, please help me convince both Sam and Hannah that this CW soapy supernatural fantasy teen drama does not, in fact, suck. Please comment and rate on Apple Podcasts. Chat with us on Twitter at Doesn't Suck Pod. We hope that you are staying safe. We hope that you're staying healthy and we hope that you stay with us on this very epic journey. On to the next episode. Did you see my Facebook post? I was like, my favorite chaotic energy right now is like all the people who bought an Instant Pot since quarantine started. Yeah, I and, they don't, and like none of them knew how to cook to begin with. And they just thought that they were just going to magically make dishes. And it's like, that's not how the Instant Pot works. You still have to understand <laughs> how like food works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Jackie, thank you for joining us again. Yes. Hello, guys. Very excited to have you. Um, I emailed Hannah earlier this week asking how she was doing and if uh, things were starting to lighten up for her, she should come back for for a visit. And she said that uh, city government is getting as close to normal as normal can be. So she'll probably be back soon, but um, not quite yet. And asked what episode we were on so she could try to do some catch up. Cool. Yeah. Miss her laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's very distinct. You can definitely like pick her out of a crowd if she's laughing. So infectious. <laughs> I miss her laugh so much. Um, but, you know, so good to have you. And Caroline, Thanks. Kurt was on uh, the last episode. Was Kurt? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So What uh, was Kurt's mood? Um, so it was, the, it was the haunted episode, the one where uh, Vicky... Uh, shows up at the school Halloween party and uh, yep. Stefan knows to kill Vicky. I watched that at like 9.30 this morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I thought it'd be cute because, you know, Kurt's been catching up on all of his horror movie rewatches and mm-hmm. uh, watching he's like on a Carpenter marathon right now, John Carpenter marathon. Um, so given that it's the Halloween episode, I thought he'd enjoy it. And he was just like, this isn't a Halloween episode. <laughs> but I mean, it's Vampire Diaries. All the episodes is like a Kevin Williamson Halloween episode. It's yeah. Totally his thing. Um, and so, yeah. So we're rolling right into 168 Candles. Uh, this episode was aired on November 5th, 2009, written by Barbie Kleiman and Gabriel Stanton, and directed by Rick Boda, who uh, was... A who is a TV director, but also uh, he directed three of the Hellraiser movies. Hmm. Interesting. 
Yeah. I don't watch horror movies, so I only have, you know, some of the relevance for me. So Um, the episode synopsis from fandom.com reads, a happy birthday that will end in tragedy. On his birthday, this is a really long one. Thank God I have a beer in front of me. Okay. On uh, on his birthday, (laughs) Stefan is surprised by a visit from Lexi, one of his oldest and best friends. Damon compels Caroline to throw a party at the grill because it was part of his diabolical plan. He then invited Stefan and Lexi, and eventually they both accepted. Still upset by the events at the Halloween haunted house, Elena does her best to stay away from Stefan. But for some reason, Elena finds herself at the Salvatore boarding house in search for Stefan. (laughs) <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> I had the same question. Uh, when looking for him, she meets his oldest friend, Lexi, in a towel. Lexi was shocked to see who Elena was for a certain reason, whose name is Catherine. Elena then left and went home. Later, Stefan stops off at Elena's house. This is way too in-depth. Uh, <laughs> later, Stefan stops off at Elena's house before he heads to the grill. They talk, and he then asks if she's going to Caroline's party. She says no. Then Elena shows up at the grill, still not sure about the situation with Stefan. But Lexi gives her some unsolicited relationship advice. Elena and Jenna are surprised by a change in Jeremy's behavior, which has changed for the better. At Damon's compulsive insistence, Caroline tries to get the amulet back from Bonnie. Finally, Damon's offer to help Sheriff Forbes has tragic results. Matt also appears. (laughs) (laughs) This is the second time I picked up the show after having quite a break. And (laughs) I was like, who is this? Who is Matt? Oh, it's Matt. Like, (laughs) I hooed Matt again. Who (laughs) that? (laughs) um yeah that wasn't a very edited uh synopsis that was like a full-on plot summary yeah i guess we don't need to do the pod anymore i know that was like done i know i should have read it before i cut and pasted it because that was like i did a lot of work in writing out the storylines um so yes so this is the episode where we meet lexi lexi is a fan favorite you guys she's great and it's very short-lived. I was pumped when she came on the screen because I was like, yes, we're getting an old vampire. Like, any vampire movie or TV show, when, like, the old vampires show up, it always gets good. That's when it yeah. gets good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love that, you know, she's older, and so we find out that the older a vampire is, the stronger that they are. I don't think that they had said that before, whereas in Twilight, I think it's the opposite, right? The The newer vampires are especially strong when they're newborn. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like a opposite bell curve, right? Like the new ones are really strong. And then like the not old ones are like, okay. And then the really old ones are super strong. Right. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe in twilight is that some of the old ones, like their ability was like strength. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Felix I don't know. Was the big I, one. So. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but yes, the older in this, in this canon, the older a vampire is the, the stronger that that they are. Um, so I think storyline A is obviously Stefan and Lexi. Uh, so in the cold open, Lexi is surprising Stefan for his birthday. Lexi? Hi. What are you doing here? How could you even ask that? missed you happy birthday is that how vampires prank each other (laughs) (laughs) trying to kill each other (laughs) she is 350 years old um i loved in the the kind of exposition about their their relationship i'm headed to new york for the weekend 
Bon Jovi in the garden. Wanted, dead or alive. It's our theme song. It'll be a blast. Hey, do you think that he would actually remember us? That was a pretty crazy weekend, huh? We can make him remember us. I thought it was hilarious that she is a 350-year-old vampire and she likes Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the peak of Western culture. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, like, when your target demographic is, you know, teen and, and young adult women, you can only go so far back in decades as to, like, present some pop culture references, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if they were trying to name, like, jazz singers from the 20s, like, how many names would... <laughs> kids recognize at that time yeah. you know even even the 70s like millennials don't know a lot of artists from the 70s yeah. right it's yeah. music that their parents like therefore a 350 year old person would also like it yeah yeah um he well says, she's three 350 years sorry this is a little off topic but if she's 350 years old and in 2009 she would have been born in like the 19 or 1600s 1650s mm-hmm. so and she's not native american so she was either like an early colonial or she just like lost her accent from whatever other country she came from i need to know more any more information yeah and even the early colonial accents i feel like were you know unrecognizable mm-hmm. you know for sure yeah, um, the accent thing for old vampires becomes funnier as the show goes on. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you assume that, like, a vampire moves to the new world and they're going to adapt along with everyone else. So we'll change their accents along with everyone else, right? Um, but, yeah, I have to imagine that she, yeah, either was here in the early early days of settling in America or like just full European and came here at some point. But yeah, we didn't get a lot of backstory. <laughs> I mean, what's keeping you here? Uh, I told you her name is Elena. Well, let's hope she's better than the last girl you got all sprung over. You didn't even know Captain. Cause if I did, I'd kick her ass. Oh, bitch. I thought it was cute that she said sprung over. Like she's 350 <laughs> years old. Oh yeah. Yoing. and he says you didn't even know Catherine." she says because if i did i'd kick her ass little bitch (laughs) ride or die best friend i love Love that um so we're meeting a vampire who doesn't have a daylight ring and kind of for the first time contending with the fact that like this vampire has to be in the house all the time Mm -hmm. you'd think like the older ones would have um like the cool trinkets and and things and the younger ones would have to like defer to the older ones but i guess that's not how it works like if i were her i'd be like hey give me a ring or i'll beat you up because i'm stronger mm-hmm. than you yeah i don't I, I was curious i'm curious to see how they got those rings i thought it was kind of something that every vampire had yeah no so she's like well you're the you and damon are the only ones with these nifty little daylight rings right and she makes a joke i have a mood ring from 75 trade you it doesn't work that way and you know it oh, yeah um mm-hmm. so i think they're laying out some plot points that will be addressed later on, but they're only they're only giving us what they're giving us. Yeah. Um. So Stefan's like, "You stay here. I'm gonna go out and I have some stuff to deal with." He's he's so vague. I, I was his friend to be so annoyed. He's not like, <laughs> "Oh, this girl got killed, and I have to go deal with you know covering up her disappearance." Da, 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 da. But he's just like, "I got to go out and deal with some stuff and cut to like." him giving testimony in the sheriff's office. Um, 
So yeah, he goes out to deal with Sheriff Forbes. Lexi is napping because hey, some vampires have to sleep during the day, <laughs> right? So she's she's in bed napping. Uh, wakes up to Damon in the bed with her, being such a sleaze. Hello, Lexi. What an unexpected surprise. <laughs> unexpected surprise. I think the wrong brother went back to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I like that. People say unexpected surprise or like, I don't know if my ears would necessarily, like there are certain phrases that annoy me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if someone said unexpected surprise. That's not on the list. Yeah. It's not on the list of things <laughs> that annoy me. But when you think about like a surprise, it's always unexpected. It's a surprise. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I had to think about it too. I was like, huh? Oh. Now yeah. that we're now Good that one. we're live on you know iTunes or whatever, uh, we'll get some people calling in saying, "Yeah, <laughs> that was unforgivable." You know, <laughs> totally, totally. So yeah, he's he's being real sleazy. He tries to hit on her, which I you know I don't think he was actually hitting on Lexi. I think he was just being slimy. Yep. Yeah. You know, and trying to annoy her a little bit. Um, but yeah, she. She jumps out of bed. She pins him down. Teach me to be good. I'm older, and that means stronger. I'm sorry. Don't ruin my time with Stefan, because I'll hurt you. And then when Stefan gets back... I mean, you'll rock her world so hard with your vamp sex, she'll be yours forever. <laughs> it's like, gross. It made me blush. <laughs> I know. It's like, teenagers are watching this show, you guys. A lot. Um... But then, you know, he starts talking about Elena and she's like, oh, you're, you're really in love with her. And it was just like Hannah said, like, I, I guess they're in love. They've known each other for like two minutes. But... Yeah, that was like, what, guys, pump the brakes. Like, yeah. High schoolers, sure, that makes sense. But like 162-year-old vampire, really? Okay. <laughs> I know. I guess she looks like Catherine, so it was that much easier for him to yeah. fall in love with her. But just a lot. Um. I I think I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So this is this first scene where we see a vampire drinking from a blood bag. Mm-hmm. Um, this becomes really commonplace, right? So I think it's a way for the writers to have the whole, can you guys hear Kurt in the background? A little bit. I think he's talking yeah. to Brian. I think he's talking to Brian. Yeah. They, said they were, they were going to hang out while we were recording. Let's just let's just get him in the room. Let's let's make it a five way five way pod. Bring Caroline. Now all yeah. six of us. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get my other roommate. We'll have a we'll have a party. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think it's a way for the writers to like have vampires drinking human blood, uh, but not always having to attack people in in future storylines. And so, um, I appreciated this this first introduction of the the concept of the blood bag being being used i loved how she was holding it and she like stuck a straw in it like it was a capri sun (laughs) (laughs) i love a capri sun um so i'm I'm still a child like i i buy lunchables and drink the capri sun lunchables are bomb i saw i don't remember who tweeted it but somebody like tweeted a picture of a lunchables and was like what's with all these like articles about millennials being obsessed with charcuterie boards? Like this is what we grew up with. <laughs> like a picture <laughs> of a Lunchable. <laughs> exactly. But I also like, I'm not really into like sweets and cookies and stuff. So I always have to give away the cookies and my Lunchables, but oftentimes it's like at 10 AM and people are looking at me like, what the fuck am I going to do with this like dry ass chocolate chip cookie? 
Or this I Oreo like the pizza today. ones. The pizza yeah. ones were the best. Yeah, the pizza <laughs> ones were, the, that was the move. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, and then the blood bag, yeah, she explains she, she's dated a full bottomist and uh, she tried the, the Stefan diet for a while, but she she delights in hedonism, which I feel like this is the kind of vampire we want to see. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, when she, she's classy. When yeah. she introduced that concept, I was like, why the fuck is Stefan not doing this? Like, it's it's win-win, you know? I would kind of looked at it as like, is this a commentary on, like, sobriety? And, like, some people have a problem with substances and they just can't ever, like, once they quit, they can't ever, like, even dabble yeah. or it's just a huge downward spiral. And then... On the other hand, you have people who like can still manage it successfully, but I don't know if it really gets that deep. Maybe. <laughs> well, well, actually, this is the first episode. I've been waiting to ask this question for a while. Um, we'll have to ask this again when Hannah's on. She's she's caught up too because I'm interested in her and Caroline's insight on this too. Um, it, what do you think it in in other vampire stories that you may have seen in the past, or if you've ever read any Anne Rice or Red Stokers or all of the vampire lore that you might've been exposed to. Has it ever occurred to you that vampirism is supposed to be a metaphor for a certain thing? And like, what do you think vampirism is supposed to be a metaphor for, or does it change depending on the writer, the universe? Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the twi- for the Twilight series, it, which is really the only vampire media I've consumed before this, it felt like a metaphor for like sex. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, Stephanie Meyer is so Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's like brought over from Anne Rice or I don't know. Jackie, do you have an opinion? I'm trying to think. About Buffy. It's been a long time since I watched Buffy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like... I I can't even think of a specific example. But I feel like in some movies, it's portrayed as, like, just outcasts of society. People who are different in some way, and they're not actually evil. Like, maybe... Maybe I'm thinking of a couple, like, Bill and True Blood. But then Mm -hmm. there are evil vampires. Mm -hmm. I have to think about that. Isn't True Blood, like, a gay metaphor? Uh, maybe I don't know, there's a ton of sex because because like the horniest show of all time yeah it really is <laughs> i've never seen it but i remember they had like um uh, ads or like posters that had like people like saying like god hates fangs mm-hmm. that oh. was supposed to be like the you know uh kind of similar anti-gay messaging i don't know if that's like the content of the show i just remember that ad so I honestly don't remember. It's been a while since, but I think, I think they had a couple of queer characters. I could be wrong. I just binged the whole series in like two weeks, yeah. like six years ago. So I don't remember. Which oftentimes it starts to become arbitrary, whether it's hetero or homosexual sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sorry. Um, sometimes it's like, is it just sexual deviance, sexual promiscuity, like just a comfort level with sex? Um, and generally Western religions frown upon any sort of comfort level mm-hmm. with sex. Right. Um, I think on this show, sometimes it's, 
it's kind of all the vices that you could possibly be addicted to at any given point, right? Like sometimes it's sex, sometimes it's an alcohol metaphor or, or you know, su- substance abuse addiction. Um, sometimes it is like gayness, right? Some like in, in certain lores. Um, sometimes it might be, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not quite sure like what or how writers become inspired to, to write vampire stories. I think sometimes it's like, you know, the world is going through a really dark period. And so, um, society in general just looks to create villains in order to have like a, a, a presence of darkness to like pin things on. Right. That's mm-hmm. how things show up in literature. Right. Um, so yeah. And with this show, I, I can't quite figure out what I think LJ Smith, the the book author, what her metaphor was, nor can I really figure out what Kevin Williamson or Julie Plack, I think to a certain extent with the CW, it's just, like it's hot vampires. And so let's just, let's create a show with the storyline with hot vampires. And yeah. the, the metaphor gets a little muddled sometimes. Um, well, I think, I mean, obviously I've only seen, like I said, I watched a little ahead this week. So I think I'm on episode 12. So there are a lot more episodes, but like from what I've seen, it's, I think they do a good job of like right out of the gate. They introduce you to two main vampires. One is supposed to be like good. One is evil. Like the line is clear. It's black and white. And then as things progress, like, Oh, the, you know, the waters are a little muddy. Like it's not as, as black and white as you thought at first. Like it's not a dichotomy of good and evil. It's, Oh, you know, Stefan is also doing some shitty things and Oh, Damon is actually being like kind of nice right now. Like, you know, so that could just be a metaphor for the human condition. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's well said. Yeah. And I, I think in this episode, like he says, I don't know if I if I started again if I could stop, right? So mm-hmm. I think in this episode they portray it as as a as an alcohol alcoholism metaphor, yeah. um, which I guess is the easiest way to introduce it to teenagers. Teenagers understand that, right? Whereas you know talking about sex addiction, sex addiction with like fifteen year olds can be a little more complicated to kind of dissect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's the way I see it. For like, for what it for what it's worth, I typed in Dracula and anti into Google, and the first uh, um, like suggested thing was anti-Semitism. Hmm. Wow. So, just thinking of the original, uh, the OG, vamp- the OG, OG vamp- vampire uh, <laughs> was uh, that vampires are Jewish. Oh. Wow. At least according to this Georgetown blog from 2015. Is it Georgetown? So, yeah. It must have been like a Georgetown. Well, I mean, Catholic, Catholic, Catholic school. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know if they're saying that it, it was good that it was anti-Semitic, but I haven't gotten to the end of the blog, so I'll I report mean, back. The whole Judeo-Christian thing, it's just like, oh, God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> How long have we been talking about this? I'm over it. Um, okay, so Damon walks in, he invites him to the party at the grill. You'll love it. Banquets, tacky waitstaff, all of Stefan's friends. Yeah, I don't want a birthday party. Well, it's not for you, it's a party party. No one's gonna know it's your birthday. Caroline's throwing it. Damon, stay away from Caroline. We're friends, it's cool. Um, and he sneers at the blood bag. He's like, I prefer mine at 98.6. Put it in the microwave. 
Yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> a little stovetop. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in your tea kettle. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, so Lexi goes to get ready. She's trying to drag stuff into this party. She goes to get ready. She comes down wearing a towel. Elena walks in. Such a trope. Mm-hmm. And the mystery girl in the towel, assuming that she's been in bed with Stefan. I mean, uh, I would. I, I thought mean, she handled it well. I would have freaked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess she figured, like, well, I broke up with him. Like, yeah, that's true, true, true. Yeah, Forget whatever he's doing, part. it's fine. And also, yeah. Le- Lexi does, like, a terrible job at explaining her- herself. Well, I mean, Elena looks just like Catherine, right? And she's yeah. seen Catherine's picture for presumably 150 years. Um, so she's very confused. We know yeah. how old Catherine is yet. Is that? We do not know. Okay. No. Um, uh, <laughs> after Elena leaves, Lexi goes upstairs and is like, you have some serious explaining to do. And she pulls up <laughs> the picture of, of Catherine. It's like, I just met Elena. Got some explaining to do. <laughs> Lucy. Oh, okay. So I have a question for you, Arisa and Sam. I don't know. If, I was looking at the title and I was trying to figure out, cause I've only seen 16 candles once and it was a long time ago. Are is that just like a cheeky title or are there more parallels between this episode and the movie that were intentional? No, I think it's just being cheeky um, okay. because the storyline of 16 candles is her birthday is forgotten. Oh, okay. But right. No one remembers think, this Molly yeah. birthday. Um, I haven't seen it. So, but I will say that Kevin Williamson's pretty obsessed with John Hughes movies. Ah, okay. Um, he often does like brex- Breakfast Club episodes. Like there was a Breakfast Club episode in Dawson's Creek. Um, what was that movie he did? It wasn't Teaching Mrs. Tingle. It was, but it was also with was it with Katie Holmes? Great actress. Listen, I like Kevin Williamson, but I blame him for making Katie Holmes famous. She is not a good actress. Just to be clear, <laughs> she's terrible. Has she done nothing that you liked? No. Nothing? Not even Batman Begins? Oh, so bad. <laughs> so bad. I can't Great movie, though. Yeah, that was good. It was The Faculty. was also oh. a kind of oh. movie, which is definitely reminiscent of uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah. And then um, uh, there's an episode in Dawson's Creek as well that is a 16 Candles episode. Everyone forgets Pacey's birthday. So... Yeah. yeah, I know. Poor Pacey. He's such a schlub. He really gets a short end of the stick throughout the entire show. Um, so yeah, I think he's just, you know, reaching back into his arsenal of John Hughes references for this. Um, <laughs> they cut to commercial and then the scene comes back and Lexi's just sitting there trying to get dressed and doing her makeup. You have some serious emotional damage. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now we said it. <laughs> I want to use that clip like every time Stefan does something like really ridiculous on the show. Like <laughs> it's like the perfect callback to so many scenes to come. I love it. Um, I'll get to Stefan visiting with Elena later, but when they get to the party, at the bar, uh, we see Lexi compel the bartender to not ask for her ID and for free shots. And I feel like that's the best use of compulsion ever. Like, <laughs> never have to pay for anything and not be bothered with shit. 
Yeah, I guess vampires don't really have jobs, so like, how do they? How else would they fund their activities? Yeah, I mean, you just can pull whatever you need all the time. <laughs> I love it. I would definitely abuse that power. I would be um, a morally questionable vampire. I'm just gonna admit it. <laughs> yeah, just live wherever you want. Great. Um, so she starts to chat with Elena at the bar. I thought this this little pep talk that she gives Elena is very sweet. Yeah, he can't be himself with me. Well, not yet. The first step was him telling you. The rest comes with time. I'm scared. But you're here. Because you're crazy about him. I get it, okay? I mean, what's not to love? Listen, take it from someone who's been around a long time. When it's real, you can't walk away. Very endearing. Very endearing. Like, you immediately have a lot of love for Lexi. You realize that, like, you know, they've never been romantic. They are just besties and she's in love with the human, right? She said, the love of my life is a human or I guess was a human, right? She says my, the love of my life was yeah. a human. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is your instinctive reaction to finding out that he's a vampire, but it's going to be okay. Just stick around. Um, she talks about drinking, curbing, curbing the cravings but it makes for a lot of lushy vamps. So there's a little bit of a explanation as to why and how vampires drink, right? Like mm-hmm. they do feel the effects of alcohol and it takes the edge off a little bit of like being bloodthirsty. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I would be a lush vampire. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, then that begs the question, why is Stefan not drunk all the time? Because he apparently has a huge problem. Or has he just been... Maybe he tried that and didn't work. Well, and to be fair, they drink a lot of bourbon on the show, so... <laughs> yeah, maybe he is a drunk vampire. That would explain... <laughs> He's functional. His... We haven't really noticed it yet. <laughs> yeah. His inability to think on his feet, his bad lies... <laughs> He's just hammered the whole time. He's drunk the whole time. He just slow reflexes all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's supposed to be like brooding silences, but really he's there's just nothing going on. <laughs> just a haze that yeah. he's living in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Stefan had overheard this conversation that Lexi had with Elena. and Thank you. You weren't supposed to be listening. I was feeling epic. Whatever. Oh, such a terrible line. I know. They use the word epic in really strange ways. Do do young people use, I say young people, like, you know. I think then, like, that was, epic was, like, a word that was used all the time. In that way? Like, that sentence formation, like, made sense to you? Okay. Oh, definitely. Speaking as a 17-year-old in 2009, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and I, I say absolutely, like, I don't think every regular people did not use that but it was definitely like on the internet you mm-hmm. would say you know like reddit epic. internet yeah like epic like- win <laughs> and you know that kind of shit like it, it was it was in the vernacular at that point yeah i don't think a 350 year old vampire would have used it but but she it, also said like stefan was sprung so yeah know. like a 40 year old writing for a teenage school you know show would have read that on some forum and been like oh that's how the kids talk yeah yeah (laughs) i wonder what their like screen names are let me think about that for next time (laughs) what would Stefan's screen name be (laughs) what was his aim yeah what was his aim 
He definitely had mm. instant messenger. I feel like to to blood sucker with the three and the e. <laughs> Damon's would be clever because he's funny. He's like a dick, but he's like one of those guys. Like he's a huge dick, but funny, so you keep him around. And I bet Stefan's would be like his just his name first name Stefan dot Salvatore one because he like didn't get the original name, but so he had yeah. to like he has to add, add a number to the end or. Uh... 1864. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Lexi's would be like trendy. Yeah. Lexi would be Bon Jovi fan. Oh yeah. Dead or sure. alive. Dead or alive. Dead yeah. or alive. <laughs> With like an X at the beginning and an X at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like triple X's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think storyline B uh, is Damon's diabolical plan. Um, so it's not so much that his plans coming into play, but I think his diabolical plan is becoming more at the forefront of the storylines now. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, we've always known that Damon's in town for a reason, but it's always been very vague and fuzzy, but now he's actually like pronouncing that there is a plan. He literally says it. Um, so we see Damon bringing Vervain to Sheriff Forbes, and he, he becomes the new Vervain supplier to the town. Um, and so she's like, it's a very small circle. So she's obviously like bringing him into the very small circle. It's like, you dumbass. <laughs> Too trusting. Um, cops. Typical. Typical. Yeah. Lazy cops letting other people do their jobs, and then just wrong people are in the know. Um, so she shares information, like maybe the vampire can walk around in the day. We don't, we don't know. And so Damon seems very worried that they're going to be expanding the search and um, other people might become suspects. So now that you've seen the episode, this whole him setting up the party via Caroline to set up the thing with Lexi. Did you guys see it coming? No, I knew I knew he was up to something, but I didn't know that he was going to pin Lexi until until they like walked into the bar, and I, then I knew he was going to like pin Lexi. I think. Yeah, I totally did not see it coming. I couldn't figure out what the fuck Damon was doing. Um, yeah. But now Damn. rewatching the episode, I see it all the way through, like very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember the first time I watched it, uh, I was completely shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I had no, I, I had no idea. Good. Well, you think, like, you're watching a show, there's a brand new character introduced, this character has a ton of history, like, we're gonna have, you know, it doesn't even really cross my mind, like, they're, they're just in it for this one episode. Yeah. I was kind of bummed, to I know. be honest. She's so likable. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed yeah. more Bon Jovi content. No. Well, you know, for a show with flashbacks, maybe we'll get more Lexi. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so Damon leaves the sheriff's office and he runs into Caroline, who was (laughs) so funny. Look, dungeon boy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Damon actually does enjoy her company because she's funny. Like, they have the same, like, dickhead comedy that, like, I don't know. I just think that. I mean, who wouldn't like Caroline? Yeah, and like I think the whole trope is, oh, she's 
you know, she's a dumb blonde and easy to compel. But I, th- and maybe that was his initial thought when he like approached her. But I think honestly, he secretly likes her now. Do they end up together? Yes or no? I'm not answering that. <laughs> They've got good banter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely good banter. Don't think you're going to quell me into submission into providing spoilers on this podcast, Jackie. I had to ask. <laughs> you can um, edit it out. <laughs> I don't edit shit out to all this going in. Um, so Unfiltered. He... <laughs> so he compels her into throwing a party at the grill and it's like, you know, get my crystal back and... You know, he's, he's just so, he is so mean to her. And, you know, I, I think you're right. I think to a certain extent, like he enjoys the banter too, but I think that the writers are, you know, they, they only have so many avenues to uh, portray Damon as an asshole. Right. And Mm -hmm. this bit with Caroline is one of them. And so like, he's clearly like negging her. He's straight up like negging her this entire episode, you know? Yeah. Sucks, man. Um, so also, also I'm just, I'm, and I didn't grow up in small town, Virginia, but like, what's the mechanics of throwing a party at a <laughs> restaurant? Like, does that happen? They're also all in, I thought that too. They're all in high and, school. Like, and they're all what? like 16. Like, they wouldn't <laughs> why even would you even have a bar. bartender there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like what do you what are you drinking at a party at a restaurant? I just was very confused by that. What sixteen year old would want to go to that? Like Exactly. <laughs> no. Let's go to Fuddruckers and drink uh Cokes <laughs> until two in the morning. Yeah, I mean it'd be one thing if they showed like that there was a DJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, it's DJ night and it's like underage, like, you know, teen underage party tonight at the grill because yeah. there's no nightclub and so uh doing something underage like that but yeah if, if they, yeah, there if were they, people dancing though like i didn't know what they were dancing to just like the you know background music the background music of the because <laughs> i mean i worked at an outback steakhouse and we did not have any teens hanging out there yeah. <laughs> well that, that's pretty expensive for 16 i feel like all the things that they do at the grill i'm just like <laughs> did Kevin Williamson was he ever a teenager? Like, did is that what teenagers did at one point? I mean, he grew up in rural North Carolina. It should have been a kegger in a field. Yeah, or yeah. like <laughs> hanging out in like a you know gas station parking lot or something. Like, yeah. who the goes Walmart to like a restaurant? Lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> so Caroline. Ask Bonnie at the party for the crystal. And she says, I know this makes me like an Indian giver. And my, I remember the first time watching this, like my jaw dropped. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe they put that dialogue in there. And of course they, it was the same thing in, in the, the pilot episode where Bonnie says, are we still allowed to say tranny mess? And Elena's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then in this episode, Caroline says Indian giver. And she's like, I know I'm not supposed to say that or whatever. And it's like, what, what? You, can't, you can't put it in the dialogue and make it okay by having the character question it. Like, just don't put it in the dialogue. I thought this scene was hilarious on so many levels because of like, if you think about all the white girls obsessed with crystals these days. Yeah. And then she's like, asking for her crystal from her black friend. Yeah. And then also like 
it just manages to insert a, a racial slur for a different ethnicity. It's like, wow, you really just <laughs> checked all the boxes. Is there all the Karen? Boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, well, you know, she's just like scrambling to try to figure out an excuse of why she needs this crystal back. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't want to have to tell you this, but I'm your friend. When you wear it, it makes you look fat. There, I said it, but it's because I'm your friend. <laughs> 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 like, like this is really really bad dialogue but also like I, I chuckled my way through it except for the indian giver bit i just thought that was, it was a wolf that it, it felt it felt like i could see that in like the writer's room and some like someone like kevin williamson or someone who's like a little on the older side being like we should use that term like we should use that term and then someone in their 20s you know some junior writer being like no we, we can't yeah okay. just like, well what if we like use it but then it like you know we we acknowledge that it's a bad term, but like we should still use it, right? I feel <laughs> the like junior writers like, I mean, you're my boss. I yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I feel like that's exactly the conversation that must have happened in the writers' room, and I hope we get someone from the writers' room as a guest interviewer, interviewee <laughs> yes. on this podcast at some point because I want to ask this question. Would love that. <sighs> it's it's so awful. Uh, the one line I did like, though, was when uh, Caroline literally tries to take it off of Bonnie and it shocks her. Just, are you wearing polyester? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. That was good. That's how you do it, writers. That was funny. Ugh, Indian giver. Was that going to be the title of this episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> We will get a very different audience. <laughs> oh my god, Car- aka Caroline's an Indian giver. Can you imagine? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. We'll get a lot of people that have just stumbled upon it by searching that term in, in Apple. <laughs> this is not the fan base we want. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did we say any press is good press? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh so we cut to Lexi trying to bribe Damon with with shots, she says. And he's like, she's like, well, you know, what are you really doing here? Why, why are you here? Um, and he literally says, well, I have a diabolical master plan. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, but he won't reveal what it is. Sheriff Forbes walks in, invects, in, injects Lexi with the vervain. And Damon tries to play dumb. They take her outside. She fights back. Damon stakes her in the heart. So rude. So rude. And she's like, why? Why would you do this? Like, what the fuck did I ever do to you? Basically is what she says. And he's like, it's part of the plan. Um, What's our body count? Or do we have a body count so far? Oh, man. Um, Damon I have is not, responsible for most of it. <laughs> I have not... I didn't do the cumulative body count for this week. Um, but for this episode, it's just the one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go back and figure it out. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the other part of this is, you know, Caroline gets drunk and sad and Matt takes care of her and takes her home and he sleeps over. Mm. In his jeans. See, this, this was the point where I was like, I forgot who Matt was, and I thought they were brother and sister. I mean, they are like the two blondes on the show. Like, I don't have siblings, but I'm pretty sure that's not a, like a realistic 
<laughs> display of sibling emotion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love to. He, they, he was sitting in a booth with somebody. And Caroline comes over and it's like, oh my god, are this? I don't know if it was cheese fries or what. Um, and then he just looks at his buddy and was like, coffee for the drunk girl. Like he yeah. just orders this dude, this like random dude. And like, I guess just gets up like, like he was the waiter or something. And he wasn't, yeah. he was the like, random dude in a, in a leather jacket. Hey, like, when he, you're the quarterback, you know, you I get guess, to call the shots. I guess you just get to tell people what to do. All right. So Damon's diabolical plan. He killed Stefan's best friend. I mean, fucked up. Stefan, Damon is an asshole. That's pretty <laughs> bad if like if your brother or sister just killed your best friend i mean that that would be a deal breaker for me i don't think i would talk to you anymore let alone live in the same house as you i know i don't have siblings though so you know you guys should weigh in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i i think it's different when it's like okay this person has supernatural speed and strength and is you know potentially unkillable right um and like your vampire brother killing someone is not the same as like your human brother killing someone (laughs) it's like a different situation you're dealing with a vampire off the rails right Mm -hmm. as opposed to like we're humans living in the real world and your murderous brother of course you like make sure that you call the cops and you turn your murderous brother in for killing your best friend, right? Murderous vampire brother in the small town that you're potentially trying to protect your girlfriend too, right? Like what do you, what do you do? Right. So jumping ahead, I was going to talk about this at the end of the, the Elena storyline, but um, yeah, when Stefan sees Damon kill Lexi, he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to kill him. Like this is what I have to do. And, Elena's like, well, you know, you can't kill your brother. This will, this will end you. Like you, you don't, you can't kill your own brother, you know? And so he decides to spare. Very biblical. Yeah. I mean, he decides to spare Damon's life. He's like, you saved my life. I'm sparing yours. Um, but this is the end of our relationship. This is the end of our, our, our brotherhood. Um, I don't know if that's how I would react. He had the opportunity to kill Damon, but he, he listened to Elena and chose not to. And I guess the show must go on, right? Like, so she is compelling the vampires now. Mm. <laughs> the tables have turned. Mm. Yeah. I was confused. I was confused at how he spared him. Like he staked him, but did he not stake him in the heart? Is that why he didn't die? Yeah. He didn't stake him in the heart. He like staked him like in the abdomen. In the... Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. I was confused by that, but I guess that makes sense now. Yeah. So yeah, that's a whole lot. I feel like it's a, for me, it's a major moment between Stefan and Damon that um, I think about a lot when I think about the show. Like, I don't know how Stefan ever, ever got over that. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I'll say I, I'm just based on the show going eight seasons or whatever. And, and I feel like I've gotten some, you know, non-spoilers that you know we we are supposed to like damon more and more like still not convinced mm-hmm. that he's not gonna be re that he's rehabilitatable yeah that's yeah. A word um like this this i feel like this moment particularly because ever like the the people that he kills in 
otherwise like are pretty much not i'm trying to think if i'm forgetting anyone but not anyone like significant to the main characters you know other than like the coach and he doesn't kill vicky but he kind of starts her down that path yeah but like this is like come on dude like how am i supposed to root for you in any sense i know and when stefan shows up at the house and he knows that (laughs) <laughs> Damon knows that he's pissed. He's like, I told you to take care of it. It's like, you don't get to be flippant like that. Like that's, that's yeah. not okay. You know, like you don't get to joke about this. Um, also, I feel like there are other people that you could have, you know, set up, set up. Yeah. Like Lexi, nobody knew Lexi. She had only been in town for a day. Like that would be like a, well, I think the rationale, like the, the plot rationale is that Lexi was the only vampire in town. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess but, I guess that they have evidence that she was a vampire because yeah. she like vamped out or whatever. But yeah, do we know? Has the show at this point in the show are we supposed to know why the why of Damon's actions? No. Okay. No, no we don't know. He's why. a dick. <laughs> well, yes, one thousand percent. I'm curious to see, like, when the the viewers find out what the why is what and i guess stefan too like what how that absolves him a little bit and how he i mean isn't the why like to get the heat off of them like to say that was the vampire that was killing people you're good now like you don't have to keep searching yes that's why he sets lexi up for this is to take the heat off of him and stefan so they can stay in town and no one will suspect that they are vampires Okay, so then I think I might be like confusing some of the other plot points from later that I watched today. Jackie, so. it's I'm so try- hard. I'm trying to be careful. Imagine, I'm trying to be careful. Imagine if you'd watched all eight seasons of the show. Uh, How hard it Arisa. is to not jump ahead. It's so hard, girl. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm very dumb, so a lot of things are going to go over my head. <laughs> it's so hard. Our viewers, I, our listeners, I, I can't vouch for them. <laughs> they've probably already figured it out at this point. <laughs> Uh, Sam's one of the smartest people I know, FYI. Um, okay. So I think the next storyline is, um, I, I I think I've said this before. I'm not the first person to call them the Scooby squad. Mm -hmm. So we have Sheriff Forbes investigating Vicky's disappearance at the beginning of the episode. And I feel really sorry for Matt and Jeremy. Like Matt just doesn't know that his sister is dead. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, Jeremy too, like he witnessed it all happen and his memories have been taken away and he just, it's so gross. But it also calls back to like when Elena was really upset with Stefan for being vague and lying to her. And now that she is in the know, she has to do the same thing to Jeremy. Right. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Um, But does it give you some more empathy for Stefan into why he was not telling Elena the truth? Like your whole your whole world gets turned upside down. Is it better to keep people in the dark or is it better to let people know? It's better to get better at lying. <laughs> He's got 162 <laughs> years to practice. That's right. And I feel like Elena's already better at lying. Exactly. She is. Right. I also liked the line. I think it was Matt that said, well, or, or yeah, Matt, he was talking about Vicky and he said that she was probably coming down from a major party. I think that was the line. <laughs> He says Bender, yeah. Bender? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a 
interesting line. Well, they're leaving plausible story, right? Yeah. There's like plausible reasons why Vicky's disappeared. Whereas like Stefan would just be like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was trying to help her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I went through something similar once in my 17 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he was a drug addict at 14. Or yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Matt's still like pissed off or suspicious of Stefan as they're leaving the police station, which I mean, at this point, like what does he really think that Stefan did? I don't, I don't really get it. I think Matt doesn't have any reason to believe that Stefan did anything. So his, his suspicion I think is well over, overreacted. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, without knowing what Vicky was talking about, like, Stefan, again, being a terrible liar, like doesn't have a good story about how he even like knows Vicky. Like, I don't think there were any scenes that they had together before that. So like if, if some like strange guy who I've only known for like two weeks came like asking about my sister, like I'd be like, but what, who why? are you? Who are you? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, know, I know you're dating my ex-girlfriend, but like, yeah, it's just like you're you're new to town, and you suddenly my sister is afraid of you for some reason. Yeah, like that. You know, I would believe her suspicion, even if it's like not founded on anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. believe women. Hashtag believe women. Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's the moral of this podcast. <laughs> it's more of all, all podcasts. Um, <laughs> Elena exits the police station and she still doesn't want to be with Stefan. Um, but I think what's clear is that she is essentially covering for Stefan by covering up what happened to Vicky, which I don't know if I would, if we're again, if we're supposed to be relating to Elena, I don't know if I would make that decision, right? Like this is your ex-boyfriend slash best friend since childhood. It's his sister. And then your little brother's like, first love um why would you dispose of the body and just pretend that vicky's gone like why wouldn't you just lead them to the body and let everyone at least have some closure you know is it because like if a vampire is killed the body is like obviously not human and they just didn't want to draw more attention but like i don't know so like science i don't know why this body looks like that but like that's vicky she's dead you know i i just don't understand like turning it into a disappearance instead of um just letting them know that she's dead yeah i feel like they could have spent maybe like two or three lines just to kind of cover that plot hole a little bit for the viewers yeah because yeah, just the whole matt and jeremy of it just really it hurts my heart i don't like it um elena and jenna and jeremy go back to the house and Jenna and Elena are wallowing because Elena's broken up with Stefan and Jenna's wallowing because she hasn't heard from Logan Fell. Like, ugh. Good riddance. But Jeremy's doing his homework and Elena's very confused. Mm-hmm. I Did I miss something? Is he just, is he doing that? Was he compelled to do that by Damon? <laughs> so he... I don't know. Said, yeah, no, no. He, they, they answer it in this episode. He... Um, later on, Elena sees him at the grill at Caroline's party at the grill. And she's like, did you do something to my brother? You asked me 
to take away his memory of things and and all the bad stuff. You wanted me to take away his suffering. But he's acting different. He seems okay with everything and a little too okay. I mean, he's studying, he's not doing drugs, he's not drinking. Are you sure he didn't do something else? Elena, I took away his suffering. So I think like all the depression and or anxiety and, you know, mental health deterioration that came along with his parents' death and with Vicky's death, um, Damon took all of that away. So he's back to being healthy and productive. I think that's what we're supposed to glean from it. And it's another like nice moment with Damon. You're like, well, Damon's an asshole. <laughs> but like he did this good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, why did he do that? being asked. Yeah. 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 Um, Stefan stops by the Gilbert house. This is after Elena meets uh, Lexi in the towel, finds out it's Stefan's birthday. And she's, she seems a little amused by that. Like 162 year old vampire celebrating his birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Arisa, I think you were like, when was the first birthday I celebrated with you when you were like 35, maybe 36 and like at 36, you're like, I don't need a birthday party. I'm 36. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't believe in birthday presents. I don't believe in birthday parties. I don't, I don't believe in birthdays. I say this as someone who loves birthdays, but you know, you do, but like 162, I agree. Like there's definitely a line. Let's go drink Cokes with 16 year olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like David's line. Stefan smiles. Alert the media. <laughs> He's so stoic all the time. It is a joy to see Stefan having a good time and smiling. Um, and then, yeah, I guess Lexi's pep talk convinces Elena to talk to him. So she approaches him at the pool table. We don't get to hear anything that they say, uh, but they see the police take Lexi outside. They witness Damon killing her. And then she convinces him not to kill his own brother. Also, like, I, you know... Yeah, I agree with the sentiment, like, don't kill your brother because you'll regret it. But, like, he's a vampire. You guys have had, like, 150 years to work this out. Like, <laughs> if he's bad, you you know by now. Like, are you really going to regret it? Like, you've, I, I would hope you would have come to peace with that decision 100 years ago. But it doesn't sound like he has, so. yeah. I can hear Kurt, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so loud. <laughs> Hopefully while I'm talking, you won't be able to hear him. And I can just edit his excess noise in the background. Um, sorry, audience. That's Kurt from last <laughs> week. <laughs> it's a little he's, in Easter the room. he's in the living room being very loud right now. <laughs> Uh, okay, and I think the last storyline is Bonnie and Graham's um, in the open. Bonnie's packing up her little her little overnight bag to go home from Graham's house. She says, "Dad doesn't like it when I stay here too much because he misses you, or because he doesn't trust me." Your father's problem is he lacks imagination. He thinks I'll fill your head with all my witchy juju. He's right. He's always right. <laughs> She reminds Bonnie of the importance of her witch's talisman, and she should never give that crystal to anyone. And Bonnie's like, I I just wish it was prettier. (laughs) (laughs) She really hates the way that amulet looks, which I, you know, valid. But yeah, so Bonnie comes to check on Elena while she's wallowing in bed, and Elena says, you know, just tell me something to distract me from all this bullshit. And (laughs) Bonnie's like, 
okay, I just remember you asked for it. And then she grabs a pillow, like <laughs> a feathered down pillow, and just like rips this pillow apart. Which, I, those are not cheap. <laughs> yeah, no. I was say, I, those are expensive, right? Yeah, feathered down pillows are very expensive. I I have like so many indoor allergies that I feel like I, I, I've never bought one. I always buy like the faux down pillows. Um, but also because they're expensive and I don't mm-hmm. feel like I need to spend the money on them. Um, but she, and I also love that she's just got like superhuman strength that she just like opens up this pillow from like the <laughs> middle of the, of the fabric. Yeah. Like who can do that? You know, so funny. I feel like there's an easier way to prove that point. Yeah. Or like scissors too. Like yeah. you don't need to like rip the pillow. Over. <laughs> Or like, do you have a piece of paper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not as poetic. Yeah. I loved her. I need to swear you to secrecy. It's kind of a bad week for that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's holding on to a lot of secrets right now. Uh, and I think that the little feather trick, though, that they do, I think it's really great. Like, It looked great on screen. It was a great scene. Yeah. And it's all done in post too, right? Like obviously they didn't figure out some way to make these feathers float like in the scene. So Elaine is looking around in wonderment at nothing like while they're filming, you know? Um, but I think it, it doesn't look like shit. Like it looks, it looks good mm-hmm. in post. Um, but I just love that moment of the two of them, like being best friends and like bonding over this little magical moment. Um, Elena is like, well, what your your grams told you not to tell me why are you, why are you telling me and she says well i can't keep secrets from you you're my, you're my best friend which well yeah, feels real guilty about that because she's keeping all yeah. kinds of secrets from bonnie um but in the moment of the the feathers floating that was it just felt very ethereal and very sweet um it makes you love bonnie all the more you know like it's just so so lightening mm-hmm. um light yeah. the feather you might say Light as a feather. Uh, but yeah, Elena's obviously feeling very guilty about not being able to tell Bonnie about vampires. And then um, she says as much to Stefan. She's like, you know, this sucks. Like, I can't talk to anyone except for you about all of this. This is a lot for me to kind of carry. And Stefan tries to get her to open up, but um, she doesn't want to. So, uh, and then the last scene of the show is Bonnie running through the woods Um like she's having some sort of nightmare. Uh, she, in a kind of jump scare, sees her ancestor, Emily Bennett. And what does she say? Like, it's coming. And then she wakes up and she wakes up next to the Salvatore crypt. Um, doesn't know how she got into the woods. And so Bonnie's story is turning into more of a mystery, which I appreciate because Bonnie's story on the show is really, really, really good. Uh, so that's it. Um, any other random thoughts that I didn't get to while I was rambling at you guys for the last hour? <laughs> um, well, the, the one question I had, and it's not significant or anything, but I feel like Bonnie is both Caroline and Elena's best friend. And they both claim that she's their best friend. But it doesn't seem like it's like a trio of best friends. Like it's like Bonnie is just everyone's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew when I said it that you weren't going to remember this. <laughs> but in the pilot episode, I, I think they they try to establish that a little bit that 
Bonnie is Caroline's best friend. Bonnie is Elena's best friend, but Elena and Caroline are not necessarily best friends with each other. Yeah. Um, I think that dynamic changes a little bit over time. Um, but yeah, I think Bonnie is very much the go between and we don't see Caroline and Elena bonding so much other than like, because of established time that they've been friends, but not necessarily that they love each other the way that they both love Bonnie. Yeah. But I also, I also feel like Bonnie doesn't like Caroline or at least (laughs) it doesn't come across that way. Or at least, only in this like two week stretch that this show has been, you know, existing or whatever. Yeah, like she kind of tolerates Caroline's behavior. Yeah, like maybe maybe extent. Caroline is like, "You're my best friend," and Bonnie's like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I am her best friend, but she's not my best friend. Yeah, exactly. that's from a movie, right? I don't know. <laughs> mean Girls, that's- maybe. And then also, I don't know if this has been shown, and I'm sure it has. But Elena has a massive horse painting over her bed. <gasps> she has horse girl hair. And I like, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, she's a horse girl. Oh, I, yeah. Like, I didn't realize that. I mean, but that like explains so much. <laughs> you know, rich, central Virginia. You know, she probably has a horse that she, and I, I don't know if we ever meet this horse, but she probably has a horse that she keeps like, you know, a town over and she goes and feeds it every weekend. She's got so. horse girl hair, horse horse girl energy for sure. Yeah. Is that like, so. I keep thinking is something is special about her. Like I bet it's revealed. She's like a werewolf or a witch or something. And like the answer is probably she's just a horse girl. She's a horse girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? There's some great horse girls in, in history. <laughs> Catherine, the great, um, Elena Gilbert, you know, so. Uh, I would like you to click on the link that I just put in the chat box. Okay. That's it. Is this like a famous well painting, or is this? No, it's a it's a local Atlanta art, uh, artist. <laughs> <laughs> so the set designers that were were doing Elena's bedroom, like they found this local artist, and um, this is the painting. You can buy it on fineartfineartamerica.com. Oh yeah, I like how the URL says lock and load, and like you literally had that locked and loaded, ready to send to us. What's also best about this, so on that link, um, in the, like, uh, filter tags up above the, the painting, uh-huh. the tag is Vampire Diaries Paintings. Okay, Arisa, <laughs> you have to put this link in, like, the episode description for the pod. Yeah. So people, so the, the listeners can see. So I will, but also, like, I just want to acknowledge that I'm, this is not the first podcast that has talked about this because I have heard other episodes on other shows talk about this particular uh the vampire diaries tag on fine art america notice when you click on it and you go into the tag there's like some random painting of ed sheeran i don't know why (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then like a whole bunch of fan art and then there's like painting of Haley selassie i don't understand what's going on (laughs) so wait is Haley selassie a character in this show no, I don't know why. I guess <laughs> is he guess, a vampire? No, Wait, who? This, this is a Haley Selassie. There's like some paintings. Oh, so it's Haley Selassie as a vampire in this painting. Yeah, by Robert Cunningham. So curious about that. 
Yeah, so I guess that's how this painting ended up in this tag. But no, Hilary Selassie is not on the show. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, I read a little bit through the fanforum.com. Um, there weren't a lot of like quotable posts that I at least saw that I took note of. I, but I did notice a lot of people making a lot of people realizing like, wow, they're really portraying Damon as a bad guy and trying to figure out how to come to terms with that. And so it bubbled up a lot of conversation about Spike and Buffy. Oh, and I was thinking the same thing. Sorry, keep going. No. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, you know, the point I was trying to make was that, yeah, you know, Spike was definitely like a bad guy. He was a villain. Um, so what are the chances of redeeming somebody in, that's being written that way in their early scenes? Well, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Buffy, fast forward 15 seconds, but Buffy and Spike wind up hooking up too. Exactly. So I had that same thought, like, is Elena going to hook up with Damon now that she broke up with Stefan? Or is that just like, I don't know. Is it too obvious to yeah. do that in yeah. Vampire Diaries after they did that on Buffy? Yeah. Yeah. So this was the first time where I saw like Spike come up in conversation online, um, like heavily in a thread. Um, <laughs> I did see, I love Damon, but I mean, you can't say it was a necessity to kill her. <laughs> it's like, no, it was not a necessity to kill her. Uh, okay. So who wins and who sucks this episode? Jackie, we're going to make you go first. Okay, um, so I think Damon wins, not because I liked what he did, but he wins overall because his plan worked, and no one in the show saw it coming. I, as a viewer, didn't really see it coming. Like, it made sense narratively, like, you know, Chekhov's gun, like, Damon's diabolical plan. Like, you know something's going to happen, and he's probably going to be successful, but he was. Um, So I think he wins. And who sucks? Uh, honestly, this is neither here nor there, but I hate Aunt Jenna. She has yet to win me over, so she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> she was barely in the episode. She had like two lines. <laughs> but she sucks. <laughs> Hannah is not a fan of Aunt I, I hate her. I don't. She's like, the only reason she's there is because she, like, the kids they need to have their parents be dead and like, you know, obviously they can't just be two high schoolers living alone. So they need to have a guardian. But other than that, I see no like actual use for her character, but it remains to be seen. So I think that's my final say. Also just you mentioning that they need to have a guardian, which like is valid. But, like, what the fuck is Matt doing? Like, he does not have any... He's alone in his home, it feels like. And, like, how does he pay the electric bill? You know? Like, does his mom send home money? Like, I feel like they don't explain that yet. And they might, but I'm fascinated by, like, it's literally just him now that his sister's dead. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they'll touch on it eventually, I think, up until now. um, That's why Vicky had a job was to like pay utilities and like take care of her little brother a little bit. Um, And, you know, she was always stressed out about like 
my schedule's a bitch, even though, like, I have, like, open puncture wounds in my neck, and I just got out of the hospital after, like, major, you know, animal attack, but, you know, my boss is still trying to put me on the schedule, and I guess I have to work, um, you know, very much, like, low-income kids trying to figure out how to how to survive, and now that, that's why that scene when, um, after the Halloween party, Mac goes home to an empty house, it's just, like, ugh, it, my heart dies a little bit inside every time I see Matt by himself. It sucks. Um, yeah, it's very sad. Um, I will give a tiny bit of a spoiler, something to look forward to. Um, we will meet Mrs. Donovan. Oh, okay. And I will just say, Hannah better be back. Before we meet Mrs. Donovan. If she's not back, we may have to, like postpone yeah, until she's yeah, we have to delay recording until <laughs> Hannah can come back. Are you saying that because she's gonna hate her? I'm not gonna say okay. one way or the other, but Hannah better be around when we meet <laughs> Mrs. Donovan. It's really great. Sam, who wins and who's ex? Uh, um, I'm gonna say I agree um, that Damon sucks, or no, wins. Sorry. I mean, he sucks. Well, he, he sucks, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he's he, his diabolical plan goes to, you know, it, it, it works, uh, goes according to plan. And I feel like it, 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 it's that whole, he, he's aware of that like trope in filmmaking where if you explain your plan, it's not going to work. Like the, when, when, the, when a plan is unexplained on screen, then it goes according to plan. When you explain a plan, something goes wrong. Um, and so he like keeps it, you know, in the shadows. So he, he's got that, uh, trope knowledge. Um, and then who sucks? Uh, I'm going to say Sheriff Forbes. He is just <laughs> a bad sheriff. Cosine. Um, and I, you know, I mean, that may be like realistic. Maybe all small town sheriffs are that bad. Uh, at you know knowing when like some strange dark haired stranger walks into your police station and offers to give you like something in exchange for information like maybe don't trust this guy that you've only <laughs> known for three days that is obviously sleeping with your underage daughter um, <laughs> yep. like, there's just like eight red flags there that she just completely ignores and completely shows all her cards to. Um, so Sheriff Forbes sucks. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, her first name is Liz. Liz. Uh, yeah. Liz Forbes. Um, her, the actress, her name is Marguerite McIntyre. Um, she, is a real staple on the CW. Uh, one of the first shows that Julie Pluck, executive producer of the Vampire Diaries, uh, one of the first shows that she was a developer, one of the shows developed by her, uh, or at least that she was an executive producer on. I think that's what it was. She eventually became executive producer on Kyle XY. Do you guys remember that show? Yeah. Kind of. I don't think I watched it, but I remember about hearing about it. The alien that doesn't have a belly button. Yeah, yeah, that's the show. Um, So Julie Pleck was on that show. Marguerite McIntyre played the mother on that show. So she's the one that, like, took in the alien with the belly, with with no belly button. Um, And 
she behind the scenes she like she's now a writer on Roswell New Mexico um I think she directs some episodes or writes some episodes of the Vampire Diaries so she's kind of a behind the scenes person um on screen person uh and very much like she must have a deep contract with CW cuz she's all over the place or or she's at least like really good friends with all of the executive producers and stuff um She's very entrenched, and I think she's great. Uh, and she's she's one of my favorite characters on the show. I think she's she's one she's definitely my favorite parent on the show. Uh, but I agree with you, Liz. Ford sucks. her job, though. She <laughs> she sucks in this episode. She and I think it's you know before she the, the writers are allowing her to get some dimension or to have a wider knowledge of what's happening. Um, but yeah, she's not the the most instinctive or or savvy of police sheriffs at this point. Um, so yeah, Liz Forbes sucks in this episode. <laughs> um, it gets better, but I, I, I do have a lot of love for Liz, but it has not gotten better yet. And I can't let this episode go by without saying that Lexi wins. Lexi is the freaking best. Um, I just love anyone who can bring some levity to Stefan. And there's not a lot of people in this universe who do that for him. Um, and However, she may show up again, whether it's callbacks to this episode or whatever. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next four years while we're doing this podcast. Um, but uh, uh, I think the memory of Lexi is, is near and dear to everyone's hearts. She's Pour one out for Lexi. R.I.P. Lexi. Cheers, guys. <laughs> we, knew you, we, we didn't know you well, but we thought you were great. Uh, okay. Does this suck? What is your rating? Uh, I also would like to just acknowledge by the who wins, who sucks segment of this TV show at no point in any given episode. Have we been consistent about how we're rating people? Like it's not necessarily, sometimes it's who we like the most, who we just hate the most, who we think like actually won, like furthered their agenda, uh, or, you know, just fails it what they're supposed to be doing, but who cares? We're <laughs> doing what we want. We make fine. the rules. There's no standards on this podcast whatsoever. Um, except we are rating between a uh, score of one to 10. So Jackie, if you were going to score this episode, what would you give it? Um, I will say that I liked this one the best because like so far from what we've covered over the pod, because it, it introduced a new character. That's always exciting. Um, it had a fun little twist at the end. And, but also, I it also, after like watching a few more episodes after, it did kind of almost feel like a filler episode for some reason that I can't explain. Um, there were like a couple huge significant things that happened, but besides that, it did feel like a lot of filler, mm-hmm. which is not a problem, you know, that like TV shows need that. Um, but they're also by nature kind of boring. So I would say, I'm not saying this is boring. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to say seven, seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's my number. That's great. <laughs> Sam, how do you feel about this episode? Yeah, I, 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 I liked it. I, I kind of liked the, like you said, filler or like kind of s- it, it almost felt like a sitcom episode where it was like, here's a new guest star, you know, person of the week. We're going to introduce her. She's going to be interesting. 
and then we're going to kill her off. And then we're probably never going to talk about her again, or maybe we will, but it, you know, it won't be like, you know, it, it wasn't the main plot. It was kind of uh part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I liked that. I, maybe I'm just, I feel like maybe I like sitcoms more than I care to admit. Like I will watch Seinfeld over binge watching some, you know, kind of narrative show um, mm-hmm. just because it's like, Oh, I can just watch this random episode and not really need any context for it. Um, so I liked that part of it um, a lot. Uh, obviously that's not the point of this show, but um, I would say uh, uh, also a, a seven, you know, I think it was, it was good, good guest star, you know, good person of the week. Um, the B plots weren't that, interesting i guess like everything outside of lexi was not that engaging but solid episode yeah solid for sure arisa i am going to give this episode in i'm gonna give this episode an eight uh my love for lexi knows no bounds so I'm going to have to go strong with that. Um, I do think, though, while it in some ways is kind of episodic like that, which, uh, speaking of that, I I am a person who prefers a serial show to a more episodic show, um, which, now that I'm thinking about it, might be part of the reason why I fell in love with The Vampire Diaries so quickly. A lot of these shows that have a lot of lore... Um, or established universes like, like, okay. So like Smallville, right. And, you know, obviously fantasy versus superhero comic Mm -hmm. stuff is is very different, but like, and I think even Buffy falls into this category Um, in the early seasons were very monster of the week. Yep. And you can dive into an episode and yeah, there might be some overarching storyline that's happening, but the main thrust of, that episode is very monster of the week and it can kind of stand alone. Um, whereas the show doesn't do that at all. Right. You have to like be in the plot the entire time. And um, I need like the serialized drama to get me to come back. Otherwise I'll just completely fall off the show. Like I just won't watch if I'm don't have a reason to watch the next week. Right. Um, so uh, that's why you guys are doing this podcast with me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a sense like watching it was I just it's it's like a good well-produced soap opera like and I get that makes so much sense knowing you and what you like to watch Arisa and like I know Hannah has never watched this but she like grew up watching General Hospital I grew up with, like, I didn't really watch it a lot, but I had a babysitter who loved Days of Our Lives, so I would, like, for, a, like, two whole summers I watched it. And so, like, I can totally see why this show is so popular. Like, yeah. It's very soapy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a serial drama, and, you know, it might be weekly, and it might be fantasy, but, yeah, it's very much in that vein of, like, Days of Our Lives, right? Mm. Um, and so while this episode does have a little bit of that episodic nature where it's a Lexi standalone, and um, she comes in and she's out within the same episode, um, are they are still moving the plot along, and so they don't, they, don't for, they don't drop it for the sake of bringing Lexi onto the show. So the writers, you know, the writers' room is still moving the 
you know, again, me imagining them in front of their whiteboard, they're still trucking things along. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the first three episodes like did none of that for me. And it was like kind of frustrating for me to get through those first three uh, in the, the podcast format. But uh, at this point in the season, I think it's very much like moving forward. And um, so, yeah, I gave it a strong eight. Uh, TV.com rated this an episode, rated this episode an eight. And IMDb rated this episode an 8.5. I am putting a link into the chat for you two. I actually found a fanfic that I feel is appropriate to talk about uh, that came out this week in time uh, on Archive of Our Own. It's called Give Me a Reason. And it is a little short one-off about Matt and Caroline um, it's Matt waking up in the middle of the night as he's sleeping in Caroline's bed. And it's like a thousand words. It's very sweet. There's no impact to the storyline at all. It's just Matt's thought process while he's sleeping in bed with Caroline. It's very sweet. So um, some non-Salvatore brother incest mutt that um, I can actually tweet out. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding out on this. Oh, I mean, this is the content we deserve. Arisa. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Do you guys want to watch the promo for next week's episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next episode is called History Repeating. I have an idea. Why don't we have a seance? I have an idea. Why don't we have a seance? Emily, I call on you. Idea. Why don't we have a seance? Please help me. Help me! Emily is possessing her. Why don't we have a seance? Damon, you can't do this. Why don't we have a seance? This town deserves it. Seance. No! I have an idea. Why don't we have a seance? (laughs) Spooky. (laughs) Caroline really put in the work on that one. Yeah, like the editors really did a lot of, uh, the sound editors did a lot of work on that. Oops. I was reminded of that uh that um let's have a tiki or let's have a kiki uh song. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a seance. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That'll be our uh, outro music next week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, cool. Um Jackie, you and Brian, Sam, you and Caroline, like, I love you guys so much. I hope everyone's staying safe and keeping their mental health strong. And, you know, I know that everyone's saying it on social media, like, you don't have to succeed at everything. Like, you can have fucking bad days. And, like, I have a lot of bad days right now. But at the end of the day, like, I've got a podcast to distract me Mm -hmm. with the show that I love that, you know, like, brings some, I can at least laugh for a couple of hours on Sunday night talking to you guys. And so I appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun, right? Mm -hmm. Some structure in our lives. Yeah. It makes me, it honestly makes me just want to finish the series so I can talk to you about it because I have so many questions. And you're like, "Mm mm-mm, no spoilers. And I'm like, okay, fine. Just, (laughs) I'll spoil myself. Caroline tried to trick me into watching another episode today because we watched this episode last week and I was like, oh, fuck, I got to watch the next episode, not remembering that we hadn't recorded this episode. And she was like, yeah, yeah, like, let's let's watch it. And then I was like looking and I was like, wait, no, 
we haven't recorded this one yet. Damn it. I wanted to watch the next episode. <laughs> well, tell Caroline that like I'm so all up in this vampire diaries business and like like on any given day, I might go ahead and watch another episode that I just feel like watching that day, just because yeah. I know the show inside and out. So I'm happy to have like a happy hour with Caroline when <laughs> you're obviously not in the room and yeah. we can like have a two hour vampire diaries download. I'm happy to gossip about the show anytime. All right, stay epic. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, bye. See ya. Bye. bye.